Warning, the following show features commentary performed either by professionals or people dressed up and acting like professionals. Accordingly, SNH and the producers must insist that no one attempt to recreate or reenact any commentary or activity performed on this show. everybody, Dash Michaels here, and welcome, welcome, welcome back. It's been far too long. We are at like six months reserved, six months removed from the first season. It is season numero dos, because I am fluent in Spanish. Season two, shorts and hoodies, we got a different feel today. We have a new, new team. Do you have hoodies on? Seriously? I yes, never, sir. never wear a hoodie, even though the show's called Shorts and Hoodies. Please welcome, please welcome our brand new team, Stephanie, Jared, welcome to Shorts and Hoodies. Stephanie, tell us about yourself, girl. About myself. Well, let's see. I'm uh, approaching middle age. Interpret that how you will. Uh, I still have never grown up, though, even though the, the number of age says otherwise. I live in Minnesota, the beautiful state of Minnesota, hashtag Lake Life. Um, I, by day, I work in the software development field as a business analyst, but by night, I am a semi-professional-ish singer uh, and somewhat musician, singing a few places around uh, the city. So I love movies, though, so that's my, my passion. I know a lot about movies and a lot about movies I've never seen, so my opinion should be really well-educated today. Awesome, awesome. Jared, what about you, my friend? Hello, everybody from the superior Wisconsin land. Uh, I'm not you know, gotta, gotta represent. Better but yeah, I'm from Wisconsin. Cheese. Yes, I actually worked at a cheese factory before my job uh, that I'm at now. So I know, very Wisconsin of me. I am also middle-aged, 34 to be exact. I am a grown adult-ass man, and uh, I'm here to give my opinion on stuff that I don't know much about. The only reason why I'm good at it is because I used to watch a lot of movies when I was deployed. So we got that. I'm here. Let's do this. Awesome. All right, we're going to jump into it. So this week's topic is the best comic movies. So much has happened, and I'm glad that we decided to go with this topic because so much, so much has happened just this week in movie news. It has been ridiculous. Like when we when we sat down last week. And was going like, you know, what are we going to talk about? And, and had the idea to do comic movies. You know, usually it's just kind of been reserved for Spider-Man news. Everybody does their videos. And we'll get to that eventually here. <laughs> but it's been like every single day it's been something, whether it's Marvel, Spider-Man, uh, DC, uh, it, it's something. And so this is this is a great way to kick off season two. I'm super excited. Um First thing I want to talk about, um, Morbius trailer. Uh, we finally got a really, really good in-depth uh, trailer last week. Um, the biggest concern that I'm having with this, every, did everybody see the trailer? I did see the trailer. I, there's yes, a, a, a little bit of footage in this trailer that was not in the trailer. We saw, what, a year and a, a half year ago? ago? Yeah. A year ago, something like that. So there's a little, a few new things in there. There's still, you know, the Adrian Toomes uh, Vulture 
cameo that people mm-hmm. went nuts over with the first trailer. Uh, but uh, overall, not a huge change in the in the trailer itself. But yeah. cool to see more stuff. Yeah. Um, well, I think the thing that that is confusing a lot a lot of people is where does this take place? So we're supposed to be where getting this. When? Yes. Both. Yeah. That's what scares me. Is, yeah, uh, is so I'm not sure where it's going. This movie comes out in January. Mm-hmm. We're getting uh, No Way Home in December. Mm-hmm. So there's only a month's difference. And I imagine the beginning of this whole multiverse thing is going to start happening in December. It's already started to happen with Scarlet Witch and, 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 and the other shows and Loki. Loki. And um, but with this... I mean, we're getting, you have the the one shot of Morbius walking down, like it looks like an alleyway, mm-hmm. and you have Tobey Maguire, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man, uh, poster like on the wall that says murderer. You have the Oscorp logo from Amazing Spider-Man, the Andrew Garfield. It's a different building, but it's the, sa- this, the same logo. You have Michael Keaton from MCU as Vulture returning here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in this newer trailer, you have a reference to Venom, which is in a different universe as well. So, you know, did you see? Yeah, did well? Did you see? Did you see uh, the second Venom? I have not, not yet. Nope, it's no. only in theaters, and I can't go to theaters right now. Okay. Uh, did you hear about the post-credit scenes? No, no, I'm trying not to spoil it for myself. You need to get on it because it it directly relates to. Yeah, but if if we haven't this. seen the movie, why would we watch the post trailer scenes? You know, you, Look, you don't I, haven't seen Eter- I haven't seen Eternals yet, but I know about the post credit scene. So I already what? got one of those spoiled, at least two of those spoiled for me now. Um, yeah, I'm not going to spoil it for you. The people, the people watching and listening, if you know, you know. But it's you know, there's four different universes going on in this Morbius trailer. And so it, it kind of, it's, it's very confusing because one, we don't know what's going to happen in No Way Home. We don't know who's going to be in No Way Home. We have a lot of, it could be. So we, we you know, we can see the beginning of the, the Sinister Six happening here uh, with No Way Home. Um, but is that going to bring in, is see. it going to bring in, you know, some of these other people? Besides just, I mean, we yeah, we know Doc Ock's going to be in it. We know Goblin's going to be in it. Sandman, Electro, and uh, the Lizard. Do we know that Lizard's going to be in it? I didn't see anything in the well, poster indicating Lizard. Because so, there, there are different iterations of Sinister Six. That, right. You know, Sony, it, Sony's a first attempt at doing Sinister Six when, like, Drew Goddard was going to write that movie. was going to be, yeah, Rhino and... Right. Uh, was it Shocker and yep. and and Mysterio? No, they never did Mysterio, but uh, Dane DeHaan's green, version of Green Goblin and however that awful. We don't, we don't count too. that. We don't count that don't movie. Count it? No, okay. I don't. I've never seen it, so I don't count it. No. <laughs> I see. I was all for it when they were going to do it for. I think they were prepping for the end of Spider-Man Two. So you know, you saw the the glass kind of vaults with like you know Doc Ock's arms and everything. And the vulture wings. Uh, I was super excited because I love the Amazing Spider-Man, uh, and I love the sequel as well. Um, his suit in the sequel is probably my favorite suit uh, out of out of all the iterations of Spider-Man. Um, but I'm a huge Andrew Garfield fan. 
But back I love to Tom Holland. Yeah. Back to Morbius. We're not talking about Spider Man yet. But we are at the same time. It's this is one of those like. But, but I, I mean, oh, ahead. sorry, Stephanie, go ahead. Go, go ahead, ahead, Jared. You started. Okay. So, like, because I read an article about how it basically it almost feels like Morbius is just totally disregarding everything that's been out there. Or are we really getting this twisted universe where all of it comes into play at once, where anything and everything is possible? And that's what scares me about Morbius, you know, just a little bit. Yeah. Just well, a little but, bit. You know, go back to not to bring in Spider Man again, but the fact that Doctor Strange is going to be in No Way Home and there's going to be this reality bending spell that Doctor Strange casts to try to erase uh, Peter from everybody's memory, people knowing that Peter is Spider Man from everybody's memory. I don't think, you know what, I would have thought it would have been confusing before Disney's What If and Loki came out because both Loki and What If did such a great job, I think personally, of explaining what the multiverse is, what you can see in the multiverse, and then explaining the idea of the butterfly effect and how one little choice, how that affects that particular universe, that I think I'll give audiences some credit that they, if they do it well, so there's that Sony, if they do it well, if they do it well, I think audiences will be able to follow that and they will be able to understand, oh, this is kind of different, but oh, it's just like, oh, Loki had that same thing where it had a female Loki and a crocodile Loki and a black Loki and a kid Loki and Richard E. Grant and his spandex wonderfulness as Loki. <laughs> if they can handle that, I think audiences could try to figure out where this Morbius could be maybe it is somewhere because it has adrian tombs in it it must be at least a couple three four years after homecoming because we didn't see did we see vulture at the end of um what was the what was the second spider-man movie i can't remember i, I think it was just in jail i think just they just did jail. this yeah he was yeah. just in jail and that's where they introduced scorpion that's right that's yeah. right so, so um, audiences yeah. could do it if you if the filmmakers are smart enough to lay the clues out in an understandable way i yeah. think they could figure it out personally but do you guys trust sony to do that i trust okay ask me five years ago or 10 years ago no you can't get no. you can't get past you know two movies without fucking it up you know I mean, barely. But I think with them partnering with Marvel, yes. I love Homecoming. Do what? Kevin Feige, we trust. Yeah, Uh, Homecoming was was great. I loved it. Um, I love that we didn't have to go back to an origin story yet again. Uh, Far from Home, I loved it. I got to thank Gyllenhaal though. Um, And I I think I'm really, really hoping this is going to be a great movie and i don't want to see how it can be a great movie um especially all the people who have are possible to be tied into it sure uh, just bringing back alfred molina and then willem dafoe is it's it just going to be amazing to see well let's go back to morbius for a second because huh? so if morbius is going to be coming out a month after spider-man mm-hmm. then i mean the only real knock i can see from morbius and this used to be a knock based on movie release schedules in the past but that the fact that it's coming out in january where in prior years 
January's kind of been the dumping ground of every studio's crap movie that they just have to release because of contractual <laughs> reasons, right? right? But in in recent years, you know, Deadpool came out in in February, Black Panther came out in February, you know, the start of the summer season is in is in March now. So maybe it'll be fine, but there's also some he- hesitancy around Jared Leto as a as an actor and the yeah. super methodness around um, the way that he approaches characters and whether that works or not didn't for, so for some people it didn't work in Suicide Squad. It worked, I think, somewhat in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Just kind of the methodology. Obviously, he's amazing in Dallas Buyers Club, as you guys know. But um, he's amazing in that movie. But whether or not he can actually pull off this character, he looks creepy. It's kind of kind of good for him for his natural features. He when he morphs into morbius and the living vampire he looks really cool i mean can sony pull off a horror or, or are they going to try to pull their punches and have too much comedy in it are they going to re-edit it i hope it's going to be i hope it's going to go the route of dc and just be dark and gritty um the way morbius should be uh speaking of looking good uh the new spider-man no way home poster we can't get away from spider-man i'm sorry no i thought you're not going to happen for a second yeah, <laughs> the new Sorry. Spider-Man No Way Home poster uh, was finally released. Uh, it was leaked uh, originally, and then the next day it was confirmed. This is the poster. What are our thoughts? Take it away, Steph. For those of you who aren't watching, exactly. Sorry. Yeah. yeah for the for the audio <laughs> for the audio listeners, meh. I mean, it looks fine. You know the the idea of action of i i get the feeling that this is one panel of several panels like there's a full version of this poster that i think based on the some of the leaks that have happened recently which we may or may not talk about today the additional leaks about who may or may not be the worst kept secret in the world about who may or may not be in this next spider-man movie i think that panel (laughs) might be part of a bigger picture where we might see some more action it's just hinting at because why why is green goblin like way out here here's green goblin way out here in the distance there's got to be more things in that view that we're just not seeing they're trying to tease us so i take it we all saw that poster where everything was basically circled on the map with everything else that was out there where it's just like everything is just oh check out this little thing and that little thing and this little thing and it's like dude no stop just too much like just calm down give me a poster (laughs) like perfect mining all of our all of yeah, our posters it's, like, oh, I, this means that like i'm excited but like i'm trying to stay away from all that stuff just because i the way i watch movies is probably a little different than a lot of other people do but like i just shut it off and i'll tell me a story that's all i care about like if it looks cool and flashy great because the last time i noticed a detail i got actually kind of upset about the movie um so, I, so I let, let's look at this so we can see the three correct yeah mm-hmm it's it's to me i mean so the homecoming poster itself is just amazing uh i i love that whole it's everything's on one side um you get everything far from home's okay symmetrical cool i'll give it to you it just doesn't follow the same thing and i think that's one of the things that that irks me is it doesn't follow the same formula you know Mm. but if it then if it was too formulaic people would be like oh this is formulaic Plus, the reason I don't like the Far From Home poster is that I wonder whether Jake Gyllenhaal has a very good chiropractor because his neck looks broken 
<laughs> Doesn't it? His neck yeah. looks broken. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's kind of a spoiler for later in the movie if you think about it. <laughs> but is it though? Because the rumors are that he, you know, he's not dead. That's that would be the only thing that hasn't leaked or been spoiled about this next Spider-Man movie, if that's the case. Yeah. I also wonder um, if they're trying to. Oh, sorry, Dash, go for it. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just kind of curious if, like, uh, with the transition, how they, like, it's everybody a little bit less than it's just Spider-Man. It's his transition into being that Spider-Man. He's no longer reliant on Tony. He's no longer reliant on Nick Fury. He is now Spider-Man, and he has to take that mantle by himself. And it's, maybe it's a coming-of-age tale. Who knows? Yeah. By himself. All by myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow is Disney Plus Day. Um, I'm super excited uh, because, of course, this is probably, uh, with our luck, uh, when Sony will drop their shit and uh, give us, you know, our, our, a new trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home. Not that it has anything to do with Disney, um, but we do get to see some, we'll probably get more footage for Hawkeye. Um, but I'm super excited because I never made my way to theaters, uh, to see Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings will be on Disney Plus tomorrow, actually today, because today, Wink Wink is Friday, editing, um, right. yeah, so I'm super excited, um, yeah, uh, Shang-Chi and Jungle Cruise will both be on Disney Plus tomorrow, I could give a rat's ass about Jungle Cruise. Um, oh come on! The Rock no, is always great. I'm I'm rocked out. It's I'm so I'm burnt out on The Rock. I, I do love The Rock. I do. Get Smart is one of my absolute favorite movies, not because of Steve Carell, but because of Dwayne Johnson. It's mm -hmm. just hilarious in it. Um, but no, I'm just I'm just so burnt out. I, I need a I need a, a break from The Rock. Yeah, the Rock property that I'm most excited about is Black Adam, but. Yeah. I mean, it's it's Emily Blunt, Dwayne Johnson, and dad jokes. I mean, yeah. every one of those things hits a quadrant for me, so I'll watch it. But Shang-Chi, or Shang-Chi, however you say it, that one I'm super looking forward to. I was bummed that I, I really didn't quite feel comfortable in the theaters to go see it because I love martial arts movies. I love just the whole, especially when martial arts movies go into the the – the mindset of somebody who is a martial artist. That's my favorite part about martial arts movies. Like there's a whole discipline of the mind behind what you can do physically. I hope that this movie does it, but it'll be fun to be able to see it finally. And I know there's a few things in the movie that kind of push the universe forward and kind of change it a little bit. So that'll be really exciting. I got to see it in theaters because my buddy Alejandro likes to rent out a movie theater for that exact reason. Um, it's actually fairly cheap in the town that I live in. I think for like 150 bucks, you can rent out the entire theater. And so like, we just get like 10 people together and boom, paid for, you know, 15 bucks, no big deal. Um, I will say that it is a beautiful blend of East meets West. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but ha, oh, like you want to talk about a good martial arts movie with a good Marvel movie. They just blended it beautifully. And like, I'm not big on the mythos of martial arts because it's all martial artsy, but like when you blend things the way that Marvel can blend things, Dude, it's a smoothie from heaven. <laughs> so it, it looked beautiful, and I, I mean, I've, I've been just super excited. I mean, this is going back to Iron Man. This is bringing in Iron Man three with the you know the Mandarin, and you know, you you heard about it, or I mean, 
even going back to Iron Man one, you see the ten rings in the background. That you know, with the Mandarin, you hear that. Oh, yeah, the Mandarin. The uh, Mandarin. We like to call I him the, the Thandarin. Um, I, I loved Iron Man three, by the way, and I know it gets a lot of hate, but uh, Iron Man three for me is probably my favorite of the three. Um, but I love Guy Pierce like a lot. Okay. Okay. Um, all right, cool, 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 cool. Um, I get, yeah, it's been super. Super uh, quiet. Well, with the exception for today for DC News. Uh, so let's keep on the Marvel train. Uh, Eternals uh, this week was uh, was pulled from theaters in the Middle East. Did they actually pull it or did they censor it? Yeah, no. So it was pulled. It was pulled out of uh, Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, and Qatar. Um, this was coming from uh, the Hollywood Report, uh, all-star superhero film. Uh, due for release on the 11th, was pulled. Uh, it was quietly removed from the websites in those countries. Um, <laughs> you quietly remove a Marvel movie. Yeah, I don't know. Marvel. Sources suggest the decision was likely made over the inclusion of same-gender couple in the film and the MCU's first gay superhero. Um, homosexual is still illegal uh, across the Gulf, and films containing any of that are pulled from the release. Uh, then it goes on to talk about, you know, how Onward was banned. I don't even know what that is. That's um, an animated I, movie with Chris Pratt and Tom Holland. Oh, okay. One regional cinema's uh, chain explained that Eternals had been banned. Uh, they just hadn't been told why there. I, I'm curious to hear from Stephanie's point. When it comes to Marvel, I know that there haven't been, haven't been many, like, love scenes or whatever. What do you, how do you feel about the, the whole exclusion of all that nonsense? And I mean, like, now that they're deciding to show things like that in the Marvel universe, where they go with the relationships and stuff. Well, I mean, it's, um, I mean, I have no problem with, I mean, anything that's, that humans actually do in real life, you show me in a movie, I have no problem with it. Uh, I have quite a few gay friends, so I, I have zero problem with it. But it was really interesting when I was reading about this story depending on which outlet, you know, the Hollywood Reporter has its sources. And when I looked at this story overseas and overseas papers, I looked in one Indian site, which I can't remember right now, their, their reporting of it was that, and this is true in a lot of those Arab countries, they ban movies or they edit movies to remove all scenes of intimacy whatsoever because certain religious uh, sects, they don't, uh, they don't like to show or they don't want to show physical intimacy on screen even if it's you know heterosexual and also movies get banned because of depiction of god of depiction of gods and and wizardry and things like that there's all sorts of these rules that they edit or ban movies but marvel you know chloe zhao said you're not going to edit my movie if you're going to show it you either show it as it is or you're just not going to show it marvel you know to their I, to their credit you know kept the vision of the person they hired to direct the movie, kept the scenes in there. The countries decided to pull them for their film standards that they have. I mean, I feel bad for the people in those countries that don't get to see the movie, that they don't get to experience, you know, things that uh, the rest of us do, but they have their own religious code. They have their own moral code. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the the only reason why I ask is because I'm a dude. Like I get it. I don't mm -hmm. have many female friends, so I just kind of thought I'd throw it your way. See see what you sure. thought about it. Sorry. No, that's all right. I don't mind being the token chick in this conversation. 
I'm a single guy, all right? I don't I don't have I yeah, let me just text all the girls that I'm friends with. Is Stephanie. There we Let's, go. We'll talk to her we'll, on Thursday. We'll fix that. We'll fix that as the show goes on. We'll uh start up your Tinder profile and start helping you swipe left or right, whichever one of those is good. I've no That's idea. failing miserably. We don't need to talk about that, all right? Okay. We don't need to talk about that. Sick okay. to Marvel. But it was Sick. interesting to read like other, you know, other outlets saying it you know not to be clickbait journalism but yes it's probably for the reasons uh related to the same sex couple but the fact that i, I mean i did a fun little list of movies that had, had been banned in other countries just i'm like oh curious what are other movies that have been banned in those countries movies like you know in iran zoolander was banned because of support of gay lifestyle <laughs> the movie 300 was banned in iran because of a negative portrayal of persians you know, South that, Park, yeah. yeah. You know, the funniest one I found was that The Simpsons was was not shown in Myanmar because the characters had a combination of red and yellow, which is seen as support for rebel groups. That's very strange. That's I've never heard of that before. But oh, there you go. But um, you know, it's interesting why these countries. Jerry, you're going to get us banned in Myanmar. Oh, okay. Because of your flag, you got Don't red and yellow. And I got a red and yellow vinyl back here now, too. We're fucked. Yep. All right, we're done. Pack it up, fellas. <laughs> Pack it up. Nope, can't have any red. Notice I wore no red. Oh, wait, nope, I have red and yellow on, too. Oh, no. Sorry to all of our Myanmar friends. Myanmar? Myanmar? I have no idea. But, yes, it's freedom of speech. Rah, rah. You guys well, see that they changed the banner, though, on Marvel? The banner for Marvel on Disney Plus? Oh, did they? Yeah, no. we changed it today. Yeah, it's the new updated one for for the phase two. I haven't whatever. been on today. I, I, I just, and I think just because I I know I'm going to be on there all day tomorrow, mm-hmm. um, I've just kind of stayed off. Mm-hmm. I just downloaded GTA today, and I can. Oh, play that's it. right. Oh, you guys are gaming. All right. Well, it's the, got... the original, you know, the three trilogy: Grand Theft Auto Three, Vice City, and San Andreas. My absolute favorite game is San Andreas. So. I did purchase. I'm a big Rockstar fan, so. I've never actually played the games. I've only driven around and picked up prostitutes, so. No, you played the game then. I pretty much played the game. <laughs> you played the game. <laughs> I put on the cheat code to give me every uh, every available weapon and then tried to see how far I could last before the cops killed me. That's, you know, GTA. Well, Congratulations. Not to, not, oh, sorry. No, not to, uh, not to beat a dead horse, but uh, there's this movie coming out. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. Um, I believe it's pronounced Spitterman. Uh, no way home. Um, not a uh, not a movie we've talked about today. Um, but there were uh, there were leaks just the other sure. day. Yep. So Dude, you didn't see them? No, I saw them. I'm just yeah. upset by them. Well, I... <laughs> for our people watching, maybe we don't want to talk exactly what's in the images, but. No, I'll, I'll talk about it. You know what? Spoiler alert. You don't want to hear it? Fast forward 10 minutes at least. Because we're going to talk about this shit. Because I, I'm I, I'm with you, Jared. I, I, it, okay. It pisses me off when the leaks come out. But for a movie like this, I want to fucking know if my people are going to be in it. It's, it's, and, it's not that it pissed me off that it leaked. It's right. what leaked that pissed me off. The... the, the Okay, you have you guys seen the the old man grizzled Toby McGuire? 
fan the fanfic yes, picture. Yes, yes, yeah. He's that's not him. Like that's what I want. I want that grizzled, the grizzled motherfucker. I that's do too. I, I do too. Yeah. But... Stephanie, you don't, you don't know what we're talking about. I have not seen it, but I have no predisposition for how I want to see Tobey Maguire because I think he's like seventy-five years old at this point. So, <laughs> um, me. old man Toby. So for me, seeing the three of them together, cool. Oh, that's cool. We 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 all kind of figured it's going to happen. For me, uh, it's the uh, the conversation between John Campia and the representative from a movie company going you don't steal the movie you know you don't steal the Mona Lisa and leave a business card and then pretty <laughs> much just coming out and confirming what I have been hoping is that Charlie Cox will be bringing back Daredevil uh from the Netflix series into this into this universe and it looks like it's going to happen uh, I'm super stoked Daredevil um I watched the first two seasons I didn't watch the third season only because I didn't watch The Defenders. Uh, and oh. I knew it picked up like right after that. Um, I love the first two seasons of The Daredevil. Some of the best writing. Uh, the People versus Frank Castle is one of my favorite episodes um, of any TV show or movie. The writing on it is just just amazing. Um, it's, just, it's just, he's just awesome. And I think he did a great job playing Daredevil. And if it is in fact true, uh, I mean, this could be Sony's way to, you know, try to trick us all. Um, well, I think the reason he might be coming back is because my theory, he's going to be in the uh, She-Hulk series because Jennifer right. Walters is an attorney. And so why not have the other well-known attorney in the Marvel universe join yeah. up with her, right? So I think the reason it might be real is that Disney is going to want to bring him back in, the sh in She-Hulk uh, along with Bruce Banner. They just haven't announced it yet. Yeah, it'll be interesting. So we're we're kind of talking about Spider-Man No Way Home. What do you want to see? You know, we've heard the rumors, we've heard the leaks. What is it you want to see, though? I don't. I want to see whatever they want to show me. Yeah, I'm I'm a pretty easy when it comes to Spider-Man. I'm pretty easy going. I don't have a super huge attachment. Obviously, I love the character, and I've been watching him since I was a kid. Yeah. But whatever, as long as it, you know, doesn't completely break the character for me, Doctor Strange being in the movie already is like, oh, that's cool. That's going to be interesting. Doctor Strange interacting with him. They had that fun interaction in Endgame or Infinity War. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Infinity War. Yeah. You know, where they, that, that banter, they have good chemistry. Those two actors have good chemistry together. We don't know exactly how much or whether that is the real Stephen Strange, if you saw the what if of the dark Stephen Strange, is there the possibility that it's not the Stephen Strange of the Endgame universe, that it's the Stephen Strange of the what if universe that the Watcher... Could be, could be somebody else. Could be, could be somebody else. We're not going to bring that name up because we've been burned, we've been burned before. Don't... Actually, there's Mephisto right there. <sighs> right there. Don't confuse me. That's that's my request. Don't fucking confuse me. I don't want to have to keep track of everybody. I don't want to have to go, Alex. What what's going on? And it's if I can keep track of it, that's all I care about. You know. But you know like, what? Like wouldn't, wouldn't it be just really hilarious that we're watching WandaVision and going, it's Mephisto, Mephisto, Mephisto. Oh, it's not cool. And then we're watching Loki. And we're like, it's Mephisto. It's Mephisto. It's it's Kang. Okay, cool. Okay. 
And then it's like, then they're going to finally give it to us. That would be funny to me. That would just be awesome. But they shouldn't. They shouldn't no. just to piss everybody off. Yeah. Uh, any other topics you want to talk about? I don't think so. I mean, we had we talked about superhero movies and a lot of a lot of Spider-Man related news, but do we want to talk about whether people are getting burnt out? on superhero movies is there yeah like, that's, that's definitely superhero fatigue has been talked about since the avengers came out if i remember correctly like everybody's oh is, this, is there too many superhero movies and then we got 15 percent more oh there's too many superhero movies and we got another 20 percent more now there's you know think, disney's pushing back so i think really the way i think the way marvel did it in the beginning you know the first four phases right that's what we had four phases yeah Mm-hmm. They were spread out enough. Unfortunately, COVID hit, and now movies are getting pushed back. So we're in this winter of summer blockbusters. You know, movies that should have come out, you know, during the during the summertime, we're, we're getting them now. Mm-hmm. The problem is a lot of these movies are time sensitive per storyline, and they cross over into other things. And so we're ending up with, with you know, Spider-Man coming out in December, Morbius coming out in January, we got this coming out in March, we got this coming out in May. And it's like, I don't like going to the movies, but movies is fucking expensive. When you factor in how many people are going, we're going to have popcorn, we're going to have drinks, gas prices now to get to, to the movies, it's astronomical to, to be able to do that and to expect us to to go every single month to see another Marvel slash Sony Marvel movie. It's, it's going to be tough. Um, I am yeah. getting burnt out on it a little bit. I miss regular movies sometimes, but I will love my superhero movies. It's not bad. I just think they, they need to tone it down. Like even if it is time sensitive, yeah. okay, then push it back a little bit, push it back two or three months. It's okay. You can do that. It sucks, but you can do that. It's just everybody's got an offshoot nowadays. It's, oh, you guys like Dagnus? She's got her own series. Oh, you guys like Hawkeye? Guess what? He's got his own series. It's like, yeah. Bring it down. Content. The content machine, the spice must flow. The content spice must flow. I don't know. It's, I mean, you have you're just, you're just MCU though, right? So that's, that's time sensitive. The MCU films are time sensitive because they are a single continuity that, that has been established over 20 plus films. But then you have on top of that, everything that DC is trying to come out with, everything that Sony is trying to come out with. You have other smaller uh, comic properties trying to, trying to launch. Is there really, I mean, it's superhero fatigue, but these movies are different. The Suicide Squad that just came out is a very different movie. Yeah. than Shang-Chi, I'm imagining, right? Yeah. It's an entirely yeah. different tone. So it's like superhero as a genre is kind of not accurate because each of these superhero movies can have a different feel. You know, Winter Soldier is a 70s political thriller, whereas, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy was a Star Wars kind of a thriller. So <laughs> if they stay different, sure, but... If they're cookie cutter, yeah, it's the same conversation that's been happening about superhero movies for a while now. If they're cookie cutter, then yeah, people won't go to them. Who knows what the reviews about Eternals right now, if you know that's indicative of whether there's fatigue or not. People are not thrilled about that movie. I haven't seen it personally, so I can't say it, but is that really indicative of, of fatigue or just the movie not being great? 
I'm I'm just worried. I'm just worried that a lot of the um that we're gonna have too many spinoffs and they're gonna try to do what you know Dash was talking about earlier, just trying to make it all time sensitive and fit and correlate with this and lead up to the next thing. And it's like it's cool. I'm I'm stoked that they can do this. That the writers and everybody working together to to fit this in and you know, I, I'm sure you can appreciate it, Stephanie, with what you do for a job, but like, it's insane how they tie everything in together. And I'm like, that's so dope. That's dope. But like, at what point in time does the chart board become too big of a chart board? And we start going into a billboard size planning where you have to do this and do that and just bit, 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 bit. So I don't know. I'm, I'm skeptical, but at the same time, you're right. The Marvel machine has just been knocking homers left and right and, I keep paying up and I keep watching and I'm going to keep doing it until they start to, you know, make me upset spaghetti and then I'm bouncing. The same thing that's <laughs> happened in comics themselves, right? People complained about comics uh, when the, the uh, new Civil War or, yeah, when that came out, you had to buy this comic, you had to buy this comic for this part of the story and buy that comic for that part of the story and that, and people were like, no, 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 I can't, I can't afford all of this spreading across. You're just kind of using it as a and plus, if one doesn't work, it's like a house of dominoes or house of cards. It kind of all falls apart. So it's kind of very delicate dance. They have to, they have to, you know, how's that phrase go? They have to walk a fine line to yeah. make it all work. I'm excited though. I I'd like. I know that a lot of these are technically reboots, and like, and that's that was the other thing that I was worried about with Morbius. Is now are they rebooting Spider-Man? Are they, you know, showing us something different? with with the spider-man because of the the different universes that are running and that's what really freaks me out is because i remember the new spot or the new what was it the new superman was rebooted or something like that or there was some dc thing that was just recently rebooted and there was a huge hubbubaloo about like people getting upset at spaghetti about it and i was like okay that's that's dope but like at what point in time can you tell stories differently and how many stories have been told you know a, a totally different way before you are essentially remaking a remake of a remake you know you're talking so. about the uh update of superman's son and his relationship is that the oh no i don't care about that okay. i don't care about that good. i think that's dumb I, I i think there should be no relationships in superhero movies um just because like unless people it makes sense I, I, unless it makes sense yeah like there's Spy superman and, and lois lane okay that's kind of a given but like spider-man and mary jane okay but like uh you know uh, God, I'm trying to think of what now. Maybe I made a bad uh, Tony, analogy. Tony and Pepper. Tony and Pepper yeah. is a pretty important relationship. Thor maybe and just... Jane Foster. It's a pretty important relationship. All right, so I shot myself in the butt on that one. Maybe I wasn't <laughs> fully right. prepared. <laughs> Welcome to movie fights. Oh, sorry, not, not around anymore. No. Well, there is one way to uh, redeem yourself, and uh, it is my absolute favorite time of the show. It is time to get into our top ten draft. Uh, all right, so uh, today's top 10 draft is brought to you by the good phone. You good over there? No, yeah, just dying. Don't die on us. Don't die on us. Short, sh short guest episodes. <laughs> <laughs> today's top 10 draft is brought to you by the good folks at Shackasit uh, Furniture Store. If you need a couch or love seat, we'll get you to the bottom of your furniture needs. Our top 10 draft today is, of course, best comic movies. Uh, the way this is going to work, we will start with myself because uh, I'm awesome. Then we'll head over to Stephanie and Jared, and then we'll reverse it on back. 
starting with your number 10 all the way to your number one. Give us a little bit of why you chose it at that ranking uh, until we get to numero uno. Hope we don't offend you. If you do, fuck well. This is our picks. Don't care. My number 10, I am going with uh, probably, uh, it, it just, it's just a great adaption uh, of the comic, of, of the graphic novel. I'm a huge Zack Snyder fan. As you will see by my list here, I think I have three or four Zack Snyder uh, films on here. I think he does comic movies extremely well. Uh, my number 10, The Watchmen. Um, it, it's just an incredible, incredible story. Uh, if you can get past a blue penis, uh, and it's just, yeah, it's just a great Get past the best part. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> get past it. Oh. Um, if you saw the HBO series, she more than got past it. Oh, yeah, she did. She sure I, did. I, I just, no, 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 not to say it. Not to say it. You're, you're, um, whatever you were going to say, you're already canceled for. I'm sorry. Already canceled. I just, I like the fact that, they, that he next did week. He didn't give himself a dong, you know, like he didn't give himself that big flopper. Like he had a, a normal blue penis, if you can say a normal blue penis. Somebody speak before I get in trouble. Talking Come about on. Yeah, talking about in the HBO series, Yaya, Yaya Abdul Mateen, his no. normal, or are you talking about the okay, the, the movie, yeah, okay. the movie. It, yeah, okay. it, 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 yeah, I HBO series, he sure didn't have a normal, anyways. I'm not talking about that, anyways. Back to Stephanie, what is your number 10? My number 10, we're going to go outside of, it's still superhero in a sense, but mm -hmm. this this is a comic, that, sorry, this is a movie based on a comic that was kind of an independent and very short run comic that then got a later run, but it is 1997's Men in Black. So nice. this is actually based on a comic movie uh, or comic book series. Um, I had a whole thing about looking up the uh, information about it, but Think about this movie. It's Vincent D'Onofrio in his second best performance since Full Metal Jacket, in my personal opinion. His third oh. best being, of course, you know, uh, Wilson Fisk and Daredevil. Um, Vincent D'Onofrio wearing an Edgar suit. You had the flashes. You had Will Smith. You have to, say, you have to say it right. He was wearing an Edgar suit. An Edgar suit. I like the sugar water. Sugar water. <laughs> I mean, think of all the things in that movie. And then, you know, it's yeah. a, if you read the comic, it is, the comic's a little bit darker, but then again, the movie is still dark because Tommy Lee Jones gave up his wife to go be in the Men in Black. That's pretty dark. Yeah. Kind of the dark ending where he gets flashed out. It's just a great movie. I love that yeah. movie so much. The sequel's not so much. Agreed. Jared, what is your number 10, sir? Gotham Knight. The reason why I like Gotham Knight is because, it, number one, it's animated. Um, okay. The reason why I like it in animated movies is because there's a lot more that you can do with the animation. Now, for those of you who don't know what Gotham Knight is, it's a miniseries of, of a Batman story told from different people's perspectives. So as Batman chases the evil villain, villains throughout the entire neighborhood uh, of, of Gotham, you see it from different people's perspectives. So the artistry changes, the director, the director changes, and it's really interesting to see how the people of Gotham perceive Batman and his villains. And it, it, it culminates in a great end to a fight. And it just, 
it really tells a great story of what it's like to see Batman from an outside perspective instead of the third person over the top just wanting Batman or Bruce Wayne knock the snot out of people. So I've seen it. I'm not I'm not too big on um on the animated ones, but um I'm I'm trying. I'm trying. It, um, I, it it takes a special like you got like no. I understand there are some animations where I'm just like nope swipe left on that but if it's that <laughs> right animation style you can swipe right all day or even hit the super like so I hear you all right uh, let's bring it back around what is your number nine pick sir oh damn I gotta go again uh, yep the Rocketeer the Rocketeer okay uh, what what Stephanie I didn't hear you there uh, that's one of mine okay yeah good love that um, movie. I didn't know that this was a comic book movie when I originally saw it. And then I did a quick little, is the Rocketeer a comic book movie today? And uh, it was literally one of the very first like superhero-ish movies that I saw that was something other than Spider-Man Teenage Mutant. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I just, I thought it was dope. I just thought everything about it was, was cool back then. I haven't seen it since. And I refuse to watch it again because nostalgia. I love that pick. Uh, it is one of her favorite movies. Um, just a, all around great movie. Um, a movie that now as an adult, I truly appreciate for branding. All the branding and marketing they did with that movie was just incredible uh, and really affected me as a, as a child. Um, plus, coming into adulthood, yeah. Plus Joe Johnston, Mr. Captain America, First Avenger. Mm -hmm. you know, that's what we brought in the same. He, he captures old school Americana really well. And yep. I read the name of the actor's name who plays the bad guy who played the bad guy in every movie of that era. He's great, the Rocketeer. Awesome. I'm just going to throw this out there for everybody. I don't know actors. I very hardly, rarely right. know them. So if you just like, yeah, this dude, I'll just be like, yeah, cool. I think right. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie, what is your number nine? My number nine, going back to the 90s again, is a movie based on a independent comic who up until the point, up until Blair Witch came out, was the most successful independent film of its time. And that is 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Nice. I love that movie. I watched that a thousand times. It's got the, it, it was based more on the comic than it was on the animated series that came out at that time. You know, the animated series was like He-Man, it was a, an advertisement for the toys, but mm -hmm. before all of that was this comic series, which was, I think, bought, I think it's it's still independent, but it's owned by another subsidiary now. But think about the, the amazing, um, it was one of Jim Henson's last um, movies that he did. Uh, so it was actually, sorry, Men in Black was one of the last ones that he did too, but, or not Men in Black, no, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I, I got that right. The suits, the, the people that were in the suits and be able to fight with it, the way the animatronic mouse were, the darkness of, you know, the of April O'Neil and the son of her boss and him falling into a gang and the uh, the Foot Clan and how they lured all these kids in to be their, their clan members. It was just, oh, I love that movie. And now when I watch it as an older person, I, I appreciate so many more things in that. And there's no vanilla ice because that just made it, so cheesy and whatever. Before that, it had the nice darkness. Totally. No. Gothic and how dark it was in the sewers. I love that movie. God, I love Definitely that. going back to the comics for for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Eastman and Laird. Uh, is it just? It's just amazing, 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 and truly beautifully written and drawn in a in a special kind of way. Um, just a great comic, and then they, I think they did. I mean, being a kid when you know those movies came out, 
was just awesome. And, I, and I'm sorry, I beg to differ. Uh, Ninja Rap will always be one of the best film movies, film, cinema, well, history. Go Ninja, go Ninja, go. All right. Beg How do we kick somebody you. out of a Zoom call? <laughs> Not it's mine. fine. It's fine. <laughs> but after the darkness of the first one, Ninja yeah. Rap is like, what yeah. is this? It's no. totally different. All right. Like, um, the only good thing, sorry, real quick. The only good thing Turtles 2 has is that Kevin Nash plays the Shredder at the end. Super Shredder, so that's yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's cool. very good. Um, that moving in. The piss out of me as a child. Oh, yeah. Super oh, yeah. Shredder scared the ever living out of me. Um, move it into my number nine here. Um, I'm going again, another Zack Snyder film. Um, I, I seriously love Zack Snyder so much. Uh, and with the exception of Man of Steel, um, that's not a lie, with the exception of the last 45-minute fight scene of Man of Steel. I love Man of Steel. That last fight scene was just way too long. I'm going 300 uh, as my number nine pick. Um, just a, just beautiful movie, um, comic movie aside, a movie on its own, um, it's just incredible. The sequel was good too. I, I did enjoy, um, but there's something special about, uh, the original, um, and still to this day, I can watch it and I go, it's not Gerard Butler. It's not him. It doesn't, it, it doesn't look like him to me. Um, it does, it's, I mean, you see other movies that he's done, and it's it, what he brings to that role uh, is, is something special. Um, yeah, that's my number nine, uh, 300. Um, just a great film. Let's not forget Faramir as his uh, right-hand dude. Correct. That movie. I forget the guy's oh. name. David Wenham, I think. I'm more of an actor person. That's I call him the sexy guys. <laughs> the sexy dudes. The sexy dudes in loincloths. cloths. Dad. I just banged my, uh, my ankle. <laughs> oh. I don't, I don't know how they maintained that. Like that, oh, yeah. too disciplined. No. Like I, no. The, no. Well, in actuality, the Spartans might have actually been naked when they went to battle. So if anything, 300 is not explicit enough. According to history, it's just history, man. I don't, I don't know if I'd want to go into combat with some dudes just hanging there, tool. You know, just a big, jacked, beefy Gerald Butler with his man meat, just swinging like onward. No, sir. No, no, <laughs> king. No, no. Their, God. their opponents might have thought the same, and that's how he protected them. Like, uh, no, actually, I think I'll, I think I won't. I'm good, thanks. I, I mean, okay, right? You know, the Greeks used to wrestle naked, but like screaming into combat with a sword and shield, bro, no. Like, thank me. I'm. Mm -hmm. See you later. Oh, and then now. Okay, so yeah, three hundred. Uh, my number eight. Moving into my number eight. Um, it's. I'm, I'm going to do number eight. No, that was my number nine. Now we're All wrapping right. around to my number eight. Um, it's a comedy. Uh, kind of came out of nowhere. I don't really know too much about the comic. Um. But the director uh, is just hella awesome. Um, I'm going number eight is Kick-Ass. Um, just, just a great fucking movie. Um, sequel, not so much. Sequel, not so much. Um, one of Jim Carrey's kind of think weirder roles um, in the sequel. But the original was just, just hilarious and kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, so yeah, number eight, Kick-Ass. And of course... 
Nick Cage. The Nick yes. Cage factor makes everything better. My one of the few mantra. movies I liked him in. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. I'm, I'll ex- Fair enough. If if we talk about honorable mention, I will. I'll, I'll explain why. No worries. Definitely. All right, Miss Stephanie. What is your number eight? All right, my number eight is a recent from 2019. It is the second time somebody has won an Oscar for playing this character, and that is 2019's Joker. So I know that this movie, speaking of movies that have controversy, right? There was a whole controversy before this movie ever came out. Right. And after you see the movie, you can kind of tell why maybe some of that controversy would have happened. But I think this movie is so brilliantly done. The sound design is my personal favorite part of this movie. Just the the visceral nature of, of how we're kind of brought into his mind through both the sound design and kind of the hallucinogenic view a little bit. I mean, maybe hallucinogenic isn't quite the, the right term for it, but it's kind of just an altered person. You, you're seeing the world through an altered person's mind. When that buildup happens to that last scene with, uh, Joker and Robert De Niro's character in the in the seat where you just you know what's going to happen, but you don't know what's going to happen. And finally, he pulls the trigger. Just every piece of that movie is so beautiful that the way he uses music throughout it, and the fact that it's Todd Phillips who's more well known for comedy, he kind of uses that dark humor and the scenes of the of him trying to be a comic and him trying to relate to people and how many times people are constantly crapping on him and treat mistreating him and how that's a reflection of how people with mental illness get treat treated a lot of times yeah. and how services get cut back and all that there's so much commentary and beautifulness but this performance from Joaquin Phoenix is just uh, it's it's so Joaquin Phoenix but it's you know not the same as you see him in Gladiator and all these other movies that he's really famous for it's just him devolving into this emaciated, horrible, broken character. And I just love, I love that movie. So number eight would be Joker. Has, has anybody noticed that these music computer composers are just dropping fucking hammers lately? Like just the musical composure of every, everything is just so in tune and on point. It's just, it almost like it has to be a part of the movie. If you don't have a banger of a soundtrack, the movie's garbage nowadays. If you get a good director and a good composer, it becomes a whole nother character that music yeah. does. Um, I don't know. I get a hard on for Hans, for Hans Zimmer. Um, the way what he does, what he can bring to to movies, and I don't want to say every time, but most of the time, what he did with the trilogy for, for Christopher Nolan and Batman um i is is still it, to me one of the one of the greatest things that the music kind of becomes a whole other character and, and adds to uh bruce wayne's uh portrayal or you know as as batman it kind of i don't know it was almost like you couldn't see batman without hearing that doom, doom. yeah just That's just great yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right uh jared what is your number eight uh, I'm actually going 2019 as well, too, on this. I'm going yeah. Hellboy. Okay. 2019's Hellboy. 2019 Hellboy. Okay, yeah. wow. You're on a small uh, island by yourself. I know. Yeah. I know. Very That's small cool. island. I haven't seen it, so uh, I don't know. Mila Jovovich, she's just, she's my goth girlfriend. I love her to death. Uh, Resident Evil, I thought she was like kind of hokey, but the way she really leaned into it. And then she came out as, I think it was Hella or whatever she came out as. I was just like, yeah, Mila Jovovich does it. And then I didn't know it was Dan Harbour at the time. But then when I started to listen to Hellboy, I was like, 
Yeah, I'm a big Dan Harbor fan. Uh, you know, Stranger Things kicked it off for me, but just I don't know. I just thought that it David felt Harbor. David Harbor. David Harbor. There you go. David Harbor. What? What? A, oh, I did write it down. I'm just saving Dan you Harbor. from the internet. I'm just saving you from the internet. Yeah. Fuck him. I'm the odd man out. I don't care. <laughs> but yeah, Mister <laughs> Mister Harbor. Okay, Mister Harbor. You can put some respect on that name, Mister 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 Harbor. What do you mean? Did you see, did you see, um, uh, what's his Black name? Widow? No, 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 Original Hellboy. What's oh, his name? Oh, Ron, yeah, Ron, 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 Ron. Yeah, Ron, did you see those? Oh, I love those. I love those. So how, where do you put Pearlman versus Harbor? I think they both play him very expertly. I okay. see, I know a lot of people want to like dig into the semantics and stuff. Dude. I shut off the moment it says universal or whatever brain off. Just, I'm like, tell me a story. And if the story and the acting is good, I will, I will like it. You know, I, a lot of people can, can be all like hunky dory about stuff, but I just like, tell me a story and be good. That's all I care about. And then the eye candy that is Mila Jovovich. I just, I, she's my goth girlfriend. I like her. I heard that the movie just kind of goes insane in the third act. It does. Right? I it love does. movies that go insane in the third act. Like I like the last Predator movie because it just goes ape shit at, at the end. And so <laughs> yes. if this one goes a little ape shit, I'm probably gonna love it because I love a movie that goes way out there. It's so ape shit, it kind of gets bad. Oh okay. <laughs> like you you see some stuff and you're like, there there could be more in the budget. There could be like it almost feels like they're like, how can we take this to the fifth level? It's like, no, 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 we we could stay at the second. No, we want to take it to the fifth. It's like uh, Okay, but like, yeah, it just, but David and, David and Mila really, really kind of do it for me, so. Awesome. All right, let's uh, wrap it on the back again. Number seven for you. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Uh, Sean Connery. Oh, yeah. All I saw was Sean, I, I forget, I, I think it was like the trailer where he's just like, let's do this or some shit like that. I'm like, sold. I'm watching it, sold. Just don't even care. And I just like how everyone is so against, like they're all like ready to stab each other in the back throughout the whole movie. And then they're like best friends forever at the very end. So, it's a know. great movie. Yeah. Um, the way it was filmed, the writing, just everything, just likable characters. Um, I do not like Shane West. Loved him in that movie though. Well, I, 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 I liked how they, they, they portrayed like how getting a whole bunch of random personalities together really would be like. Yeah. I just, I thought that was so dope. So. Avengers before the Avengers. Oh, man. All I could think about was that that's the last film Sean Connery ever did, and he hated doing it so much that he quit. That's all I know of. I mean, I've seen the movie, and it's fine. Yeah. It's got Peter Wilson as as a character, and I like Peter Wilson quite a bit. So, uh, you know who that is. She was La Femme Nikita on TV for a, for a short bit of time. So, Thank you. There you go. She's quite <laughs> lovely. <laughs> Yeah, same people's names, and I'm just like, okay, that's I that can be anybody. <laughs> All right, Stephanie, what is your number seven? My number seven is another recent movie, and it's probably cliche to say this because it's uh, a lot of people think this is like one of the greatest comic book movies that's ever been done. But for me personally, 2017's Logan, one of my huh? favorite experiences in a theater. One. Well, the biggest reason is for Patrick Stewart. Sorry, Sir Patrick Stewart. Yes. Um, I think 
it was a crime that he wasn't nominated for his performance and that yes Hugh Jackman is amazing um and he's you know known that character for quite a bit but there's something about how Charles Xavier the tragedy of Charles Xavier is at the heart of that movie and the tragedy of both him and Logan these broken things that everything in their life is gone they only have each other and even at the end that's not enough and this is the final scene where where he thinks it's it's Logan that is carrying him and it ends up being the clone and he dies thinking that Logan's the last thing that he sees he dies in the back of the truck that whole everything about that performance Stephen Merchant being in the movie is awesome is a is a huge tall character and I love yeah. Stephen Merchant that whole movie is beautiful the, the scene at the end where she sets the x for him at his graveside I mean it's I love movies that make me cry you know because I'm a girl, probably we like to cry. It's good for us, right? I love crying in movies. Yeah, yeah. I love crying in movies. And that movie made me cry so hard at this relationship, this lone wolf and cub relationship that they used in the movie. And just the idea of, you know, this guy's mortality. They kind of explored it in the Wolverine with his his powers kind of being taken away from him. And what he, what is he without his powers? Right. But this movie is just so emotional. It's so heartfelt. I, I love Logan. So that's my number seven. He's awesome. a broken, sad man. Without yes. his powers, he's just a very broken individual. Who's stealing pills. Yeah. Good man. All right. My number seven, uh, probably no shock. Uh, I'm bringing back Zack Snyder again. Um, he it's like a gets... to Zack Snyder. I'm telling you what, I'm, I'm, he's just an amazing <laughs> filmmaker. Um, but what he did with my number seven pick um it's just a true masterpiece um my number seven is the justice league Zack snyder four hour cut my opinion could have been longer um it was just it was just amazing there's a difference between it it wasn't this wasn't a movie this was a film this was this was a, a journey and and that's why I said it could have even, it could have been been even longer um, because I didn't want it to end. Um, just what he can do with characters and how, how they how how you can feel for character. Um, I think Zach does a sorry we're on a first name basis here. Uh, me and Zach and uh, <laughs> yeah, what he can do is just uh, just amazing, um, especially coming from the just horrific thing that was the justice league um just horrible it was it was truly just a whole nother film but how, um, how, how do you how do you come in halfway through a movie and expect to finish it out when you when, you, when you're in two different uh, genres of making movies you know what i mean yeah, yeah. Zack snyder's version had no upskirt shots of wonder woman that, that yeah. in and of itself is an improvement yeah um just a great movie um so yeah my uh going on moving on to my number six this one is a tricky one so my number six was never a comic my number six was never a graphic novel but my number six is about superheroes okay okay my number six is unbreakable i was gonna say unbreakable okay unbreakable um and, and and i keep that as by itself as a trilogy it's 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 great um 
I like M. Night Shyamalan a lot. Um, but that movie kind of came out of nowhere and just kind of, you know, if superheroes were real, like we have, we have lives, we have wives and husbands and children and we're broke and, you know, we're living paycheck to paycheck, but it was, it was taking a modern look at superheroes in real life. Um, and the dynamic just between Sam Jackson and, and Bruce Willis is, I mean, taking back to Die Hard with a Vengeance is one of my absolute favorite films and kind of like a buddy situation. They work so well together. And so, yeah, my number six, Unbreakable, technically not a comic movie, but it's a comic movie. I think of any movie that could break the rule of not being based on a comic, it's a movie specifically about comics. Yep. Yeah. So, Second awesome. Emotion. Yeah. All right, cool. Number, uh, number six for Stephanie. Where are you Alrighty. taking this? We are going somewhere totally different. We are going back to 1998, the film that, in my opinion, is the true beginning, no offense to X-Men, but the true beginning of the comic book movie renaissance, which is 1998's Blade. It also okay. happens to be the movie with, I think, the greatest line ever uttered in any movie of any genre at any time, which is, some motherfuckers always got to be ice skating uphill. <laughs> uh, thank you, David S. Goyer, writer of the um. Dark Knight trilogy. His first masterpiece was that line. The blood rave at the beginning. Wesley Snipes is such a perfect fit. Yeah. Well, we'll see how Mahershala Ali does it as stepping into that role. I but can't wait. Chris Christopherson is his grizzled mentor. Mm -hmm. the, the idea of him being a damn fear and having being a, a day walker and this whole cool mythology. Blade is such a cool movie. It's such a new line cinema, mid to late 90s movie, but done so well. The camp is on the fine line with knowing exactly what movie it is. I freaking love, we just watched that like last week. Steven Dorff turning into that weird blood monster thing at the end. It's so mwah. mwah. Yes. Great, great movie. One of the few times Dane Cook was actually cool. Dane Cook. Oh, yeah, that's right. Was Dane <laughs> oh, yeah. He was Blade's sidekick. That's right. I haven't seen him in so long. Dane Cook was Blade's. I, I think he got murked in the first or second one, but I, I really? he was the sidekick. He was the sidekick. I think I'm yeah. look at that. That's funny. Um, all right, Jared, what is your number six? Yeah, number six. Batman the Killing Joke. Okay, nice. Um, if I remember correctly, it was the ending that got me. Um, because Batman had caught the Joker and he's sitting there, like, he's like, What do I do with you? And the Joker just tells the joke, and then they both laugh. And I, I, I don't, I think it's implied that the Joker dies because of a heart attack or something along those lines, but it's just. It's just that Batman finally laughs at one of the Joker's jokes. It was just, it was one of those dad jokes that you hear and you're like, oh, <laughs> it's so dumb, you know, but it just, it portrayed their, their dynamic very, very well. Um, and I'm not really a big Batman fan, honestly, you know, like the, in, in the sense of what, the, like, I'm kind of rare because the Christopher Nolan series threw me off a little bit. But that's why I like these animated movies because you can kind of do a lot of different things with them. Um, so yeah, Batman: The Killing Joke. Just it was the scene at the end that just that threw me. I was like, yeah, that's dope. It's iconic. It's worth it's worth it. the watch. Yeah. It's the great Mark yeah. Hamill as the Joker, right? I'm almost positive. Yeah. yeah. 
if Mark Hamill is the Joker now and forever. No offense, Joaquin. Thank you. I'm surprised so far we haven't had a any overlap. No overlap yet. Yet. Just yet. late. Yeah. Just All right. There, was, uh, fush- there mm-hmm. was foreshadowing in the beginning. Yeah. I'm waiting to see it happen here. Mm-hmm. Number five, Jared, bring us into uh, the second half. Overlapping right now, Logan, old man Logan. I just, you see this broken man, and it just, you go from Logan being this beast of an individual that just, you're like, hell hath no fury. And here, you just look at him, and you're just like, just die. Just end it. Just go peacefully into the dark night, and he can't even do that. He has to go out Wolverine style. (sighs) Sorry. That scene in the middle where Xavier is having a, an episode and he's having to fight against it and he puts the claws through the dude's heads. Oh. Yeah. Please stop. I have enough shivers. Oh my oh. God. <laughs> I, I, it just, and like, I just, I see that where he's just like, kink, kink, shink, just through the dude's skull. And it, like, you see the guy visibly react in Logan, I, you, you died, you died the way you lived, sir. Number six, Stephanie. We're still number on number five. S- number five. Okay. Yeah, number number five. five. All right. So I don't know if we're gonna have overlap on this, but we'll see. This is going back to 2012. Oddly enough, the same year as the Avengers. This is a totally <laughs> different superhero movie. We are going with a man who never left his helmet, Mr. Carl Urban in Dread. Oh I, my God. I love this movie. This is the raid, but with the perfect we'll call him protagonist is the role lena heady as mama this just the fact of like not to you know go woke on it but having a woman being allowed to play this really dark and because of the fact that it's cersei i'm sure that it made more sense kind of her as that role but just the fact that she's this brutal brutal bad guy and doing brutal stuff the slow-mo, the fact that the drug's called slow-mo and then the effects of the movie, seeing that with, a, with a, again, the sound design, beautiful sound design and the, the shimmeriness of the sound design when people are in that state. Such a great movie. Man, I and love that think. movie. When, when Dread, when, when, when Mama exits through the pane of glass and they do that slow-mo, there's that controversy is he waving goodbye or is he pulling his hand back from just shoving her forcefully through the glass? Hmm. Is he waving goodbye or is he just retracting from when he shoved her through the gra- glass? I know that is a huge controversy. Or is he giving judgment? Like, mm, I, I judge you. I don't know. If, ah, just who? <laughs> I, I never saw the the re the reboot. Oh man! Only only the Stallone. And so Schneider. I've seen the Stallone and Rob Schneider one, and that one's really fun. And it's right. that's a dark, dirty kind of Blade Runner e, but still comedy, yeah. right? This one has none of that comedy, and it's uh, I forget the name of uh, Olivia. Is it, uh, I forget the name of, of his sidekick. Uh, his his um, trainee that he has that it's her first day. Mm-hmm. So trainee. The, idea, the trainee, yeah, I forget her name, but just trainee. Uh, <laughs> the trainee. It's such a based on my reading of the comic it's such a better representation of what that world actually is and what it would be to have judge jury and executioner wrapped up in one person the brutality of it especially because the raid had just come out you know so it's kind of a similar film language 
and the movie was criminally underwatched by people when it first came out. It's now kind of a yeah. classic, but people didn't see it when it came out, unfortunately. Didn't he call her like rookie throughout yeah. the entire time, though? Didn't he just rookie. refer to her as rookie, rookie the entire yeah. time? Yeah, I love that. There's there's no personality rookie. Just this the whole time. <laughs> I should do this now for the rest of the show in honor of Carl Urban. Just talk with my mouth. <laughs> All right, we are moving into my number five. Uh, my number five is kind of way, way, way out of left field. Um, follows no rhyme or reason to anything that we've really talked about. Uh, the comic itself is just wacky. It's crazy. It's so over the top. Uh, it is helmed by an actor who is just as crazy and zany as uh, the lead in the comic. My number five, 1994 Dark Horse Comics, The Mask. Um, just an amazing, amazing comic. Um, and just as an equally amazing movie that came out of nowhere and just added to skyrocketing Jim Carrey's career to what it is now. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't praise this movie enough. Um, perfect casting. It really is. Uh, launched Cameron Diaz's career. Her first appearance, uh, her first yeah. screen appearance. Legs for days. Um, it's and one of my absolute favorite scenes. Actor. That too. That <laughs> too. That too. But them legs. I'm just saying. I'm but them hey, legs. Man. If I had legs like that, yeah, I'd be showing them off too. Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> if I had legs like that, I would never wear pants. Never wear pants. Yep. I might wear short. I would wear shorts, just not pants. Um, yeah, I cool. Short shorts. Um, so this brings me to my number four because we are wrapping it around. Uh, originally, uh, my number four was The Book of Eli, uh, an amazing movie, and for the longest time, I guess up until today, when I'm doing my research and stuff and trying to find out which comic companies released these books and stuff, and uh, <clears throat> The Book of Eli is not a comic. Uh, it is not a comic. It's not a graphic novel, even though it is written as one. Um, funny enough, that was one of the top questions whenever I typed in Book of Eli comic, <laughs> and it was like, is it really not a comic? Mm -hmm. Because I guess so many people thought it was. So I had to replace it, uh, and I was going to, you know, shift things around, and then I found a movie, one popped into my head that I was like, no, I can literally slide this right in here. My number four pick, another Dark Horse comic, uh, 2005 led by Bruce Willis, Mickey Rourke, uh, Sin City is just an amazing film. Uh, I love Frank Miller. Uh, you will see him show up again, I'm sure. Um, really? You don't like Sin City? No. Why? No, it was so cheesy. It it's was like... part of it, though. It's... I, I, it's For like... the audio listeners, I have my hands up like, what the F? It's just, it doesn't sit well with me. I don't, it's just, it's, it's almost like maybe it was the time frame that I was in, but like, it was just watching the cheesiest, the cheesy TikTok cheesy, oh. you know, you, you watch it and you're just like, wow. <sighs> I do like the campiness about Fine. it, but it's that, that noir, you know, 
the the glass door that says like detective and it's just oh marv's character is just amazing about... and nancy jessica alba is just oh, everything about it the aesthetics we... were pretty i'm sorry stephanie go sorry no it's sorry. all right i was gonna say my favorite part of that movie is elijah wood he is creepy oh yes oh great elijah wood performance of many the aesthetics are beautiful. Elijah is creepy as fuck. I think he scared the ever-living out of me, too, when I watched it, and I was a little bit older. But just how it was the damsel, and it just, it didn't, everything about it was, it was. I think it was just so cookie-cutter, the kind of style that they went with, with the story, with the story. Okay. This, everything else about it was fucking amazing and on point, but it just felt so hokey and cookie cutter for damsel in distress. This big dude's got to go save her, and and it just, I don't, it just, no. Brittany Murphy. Oh. The late Brittany Murphy. Yes. All right. Can Sorry. I ask, when, when's the last time you watched Sin City? Have you watched it recently? Nope. No? <laughs> I saw it like once, and I was like, nope, done. Mm be interested if you watch it again if you take it differently I, I found that with movies that i didn't like it when i was when i was younger and i watch it when i'm older i'm like oh okay i get this i get this or maybe it just hits me a little differently i don't know but hey that's your opinion that's cool you know what stephanie for you for, for you me? i will rewatch it yes ma'am i will say um it's one of those things like the branding it goes back to the branding for me sin city branding and the marketing for that movie was just amazing uh, and I will say the the main reason my colors are red, black, and white for the show uh, is because of Sin City. Um, it's that's what I learned what power colors were, and I was like, that's amazing. Dope! I made fun of our our title cards. Wait, <laughs> that's all right. What did you get canceled for today? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> all right. So are we on uh, number four, right? Yes. All righty. So my number four. Again, a dark one. Um, I should have looked up. I think it's a a, a Vertigo comic, if I remember correctly. But this mm. is 2006's V for Vendetta. Oh, I, very good. Uh, I love this movie. I've watched it so many times. The the brilliant Elrond himself, Hugo Weaving. Again, yes. I, I don't know what it's about movies where actors hide their face the entire time. But I there's something I really connect to. Just having to figure out what their face is doing behind the mask. The whole, I mean, I, I do have the book and I've read it many years ago, but the, the, the beautiful way, I mean, I talk about a movie that's probably banned for a, a gay storyline, the whole <laughs> storyline of how he's feeding her these stories of the person that was next to him in the cell and her life and what she divulged to him. And the idea of this super repressive, government that's constantly monitoring people which i know is has no basis in reality um sarcasm um, hi fbi agents <laughs> what's up what's up cia and csa and all those other okay not csa i have no idea what i'm talking about I'm, i've never been in the military if you can't tell Wait, but isn't just, csa like an agency a talent agency um csa well i think of that as like a um isn't that where you get vegetables or something or meat once a week and then it's also called a csa whatever i don't know my my government bodies but just natalie portman in a very good british accent stephen fry i mean i love stephen fry i think stephen fry and it is good john hurt as that horrible dictator at the end the way i mean this the way that they eat upon themselves again the use of music in a movie the way that the 1812 overture is used at the beginning and the fact that it's a wachowski 
project ish. It was officially, you know, directed by somebody else, but both the Wachowski sisters now um, were involved in the writing of that movie. I mean, it's it's one that just keeps sticking with me. There's certain imagery in that movie that constantly sticks with me. The first scene where he lights the fireworks off and the fireworks behind it make the V for Vendetta logo, the way that that's handled, the idea of the people that are out enforcing the laws on behalf of the government and taking a little too much pleasure in doing yeah. that. There's uh, there's so much about that movie that I love. Most centrally is, is Hugo Weaving's performance. The idea of this purely physical performance when you can't see his face. Love it. Totally agree. I had forgotten all about that movie. Um, never great, great, great pick. Uh, Jared, you're number four. The death of Superman. I uh, I don't know, just something about when the superhero dies. I I my my big I'm a big Superman fan. I really like it. Um, again, it is another animated movie. Um, I, I feel like with animated movies, you can kind of do a little bit extra, um, mm-hmm. just because there's not really that whole constraint about you know getting the actors or what have you. But yeah, just seeing the death of a Superman come into play and what it really means for everybody around it. Like everyone knows when Iron Man died like that was a very pivotal moment so like when superman dies in the death of superman it's just there's a void that that stark or that you know that now uh wow did i really just blank clark kent and you know can't fill sorry i don't i get put on the spot and i forget shit <laughs> it's, it's it's a talent but right. yeah that that's that's my number four is the death of superman it just it it, it got me in the feels it got me in the feels i remember I remember where I was when I heard, you know, it was one of those days, like it was in the news, like they're killing Superman. And I was like, what? Like you can't kill Superman. And then to read it, to read, to go through the comics, I'm a huge uh, Blue Beetle fan and Booster Gold. And to see them liquefied in the comic, to be hit so hard, you are liquefied. I was like, Doomsday was no joke. Um, yeah, Death Superman hit hit me hard growing up being a comic fan. If you want a good comic where Superman dies, that that's got a great uh, story with it. Um, I, I think I think it's the it, yeah All Star Superman. Mm-hmm. It's it's about his his coming to terms with his dying, and then the ending is a little ambiguous, but it's it's interesting to watch yeah. or to read, I should say. No notes. No notes. Oh, okay. Good feedback. No. I like it. I've never seen it. So you're, you're naming all these cool animated movies that are on no. HBO Max that I got to watch. There you okay. go. We are in the top three right now. Only one, uh, only one crossover countdown. so far. <laughs> Number... God damn it. Now I got to listen to that song. <laughs> <laughs> the final countdown. All right, Jared, what is your number three? So this is the one and only, uh, I guess you would call it Marvel movie that, I, that I'm that i having on here. Uh, Far From Home. Tom Holland in, in Far From Home. I just, I love Tom Holland, everything Tom, like the dude just, the dude encapsulates a young, intriguing Spider-Man that just doesn't know what the fuck he's doing yet. And that's why I'm interested for the next one to, to see, can he become Spidey? Can he become some something? It just ever everything from the story to where he's led to to where it goes to where it starts to where, the beginning, middle, and end. I just love everything about Tom Holland. Like it, it almost feels like when when they're like, "Oh no, RDJ was written 
as you know, like it was written tony stark was written as him i feel that's how spider-man is is written for tom holland it is just he's that kid that doesn't know a whole heck of a lot and he just plays it so well i just so any of the tom holland spider-mans you could really say but i just i like far from home better so can you imagine just speaking about your love of tom holland can you imagine yeah. that the other option for spider-man the other person do you know who the other person was that auditioned the same time as tom i don't want to know but sure Timothy Chalamet. Can you imagine that? That would have been so weird. So strange. He's in Dune right now. Yes, Tim he is. Sorry, the lead guy of Dune. Excuse me. Yeah. Oh. For the rest of the internet, Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> Hold on. Timothy Chalamet. Did you not see oh, Dune that. yet? No. You haven't seen yeah. Dune yet? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Can you imagine I... just the idea of somebody being so perfect for a character? Tom Holland is Peter Parker. Yeah. Right, yeah, I think it, even more than Toby and even more than Andrew, because he looks young enough to be Peter in high school. And yeah. Toby and Andrew just didn't. They just never yeah. did. Yeah, that was so, I love that. I love that era of movies uh, where it's like, I'm 18 kids. No, no, you're 27, bud. You're 27. <laughs> blue Shemi, what's up, fellow children or fellow kids? <laughs> <laughs> All, right, oh, yeah. All right. What is so, your number three? We're gonna stay in the Marvel universe. We're gonna. I'm gonna cheat a little bit. I'm gonna put two films together as one. Kill Bill Volume One and Two style. I'm going Avengers: Infinity War and Endgame as my number yeah. three. So here's why. I'll tr I'll I'll sell you on why Infinity War and Endgame are fantastic movies. So Infinity War. So I have read you know the uh, the the Thanos the Infinity Saga. I've read that one. And yes. It didn't have the cool ending of Thanos as, as there is in the Infinity Saga with him. It kind of did, right, in the beginning of Endgame. But the fact that pop filmmaking is so difficult, the fact that they had all this pressure to end this massive series of films on a crescendo, the fact that they had to weave how many different characters, how many different films into this cohesive story, this fairly cohesive storyline, in my opinion, together it's such in my in my personal opinion which is all this is it's a great triumph the fact that the i remember when i first watched infinity war we were at the imax here in uh, minneapolis which is unfortunately no longer there the feeling at the end of infinity war when all of our heroes have floated away the quietness of that theater at the end of all because everybody was dressed up it was thursday night Everybody's super excited. How's Infinity War gonna gonna turn out? Like, how are they gonna fight Thanos? The the moment where Thor, you think Thor is gonna take Thanos out, and Thanos goes, "You should have aimed for the head," and then snaps. Like the 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 symphony, the way that they orchestrate those whole last battle scenes. Yeah, sure. The the uh, dudes that they're fighting are disposable and whatever. But the cool battle scenes of of Scarlet Witch, of Okoye, of vision at the end the way that vision has to fight all those people in the middle of the of the uh film the fact that we'd had civil war and they're all broken up and we're seeing cap with a beard and we're seeing black widow with her blonde hair and how they're trying to still be superheroes that was super cool like that film is awesome and then the way that it ends into endgame the fact that they were able to bring back ant-man and the fact they're able to bring in captain marvel they're able to bring in this huge expansive storyline and the finality of that scene of Captain America grabbing the hammer all by himself, strapping the shield to his arm, Thor and Iron Man are gone. 
it's all of Thanos's army against him, and he's like, I can do this all day. It's such a great, <laughs> great moment. And then, of course, the, the part where I start to cry in that movie is when he has that that scene. He's gonna do it all by himself on your left. Like just, just the just the fact the choices that they make in Endgame. Like it could have been schlocky. It could have been super schlocky. It could have been really poorly handled. They could have had what they've had in other Marvel movies, the third act syndrome that they've kind of had, where it's just some big CGI battle. It is still a big CGI battle, but in my opinion, they set up the stakes for those characters so that that battle really had an emotional weight. And then when at the very end, Tony, you know, Doctor Strange holds up the mm -hmm. one finger like there's only one way that this can end. And just that, not not saying the words, not force-feeding you the plot, like just that that interaction between Strange and, and Iron Man, where he's like, I know what I gotta do. I am I no, I am Iron Man. The fact that they ended it that way. Like there's so much of those films where it could have gone so much wrong. Could have gone so much wrong. They managed to have a satisfying, for me, a satisfying crescendo to this 20 film series and a storyline that is does not copy the Infinity War saga. It kind of, it plays with it, but it does something kind of different. I love those movies. And if you don't, that's fine, but I love those movies. How is that your number three? My number three. Well, we'll you'll, you'll see. You'll see. <laughs> Definitely a, a movie I, that I love watching, like, reaction videos of, one, him catching the hammer, two, finally saying, assemble. Assemble! Ah, oh, yes! Yeah. It's like a sigh of relief, all of this just off of my chest, finally hearing one word. Um, but more than that, I can watch reaction videos, and I still will bawl every single time Tony dies. Um, when his when that light flickers and Pepper starts, I'm like, I I I can't, I can't. It's 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 probably. The hardest, the hardest movie death. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it with the volume really good one time because I watched it three times in theaters. I watched Endgame three times in theaters. Uh, once two, once in 3D on accident, but it was still pretty good. Um, and I finally put on my headphones when I was listening to it on here, and I didn't catch when Friday was like life signs fading. Um, and when I heard Friday, I was like, "Wait, what?" And I had to turn it up, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Like that just kept, like, cause like you kind of like, what's going on? But then you hear Friday and you're like, oh, yeah, he's out. Oh, like that just hits so different. That scene hits so much different hearing Friday in the background. And I love how it's just enough where like, if you're paying just enough attention, you can catch it. I think it's, it's a mixture between the deaths, hearing that. But for me, it's Pepper going, we're going to be okay. You can go. And you're yes. like, oh shit, we there's a little one, and then the hologram when he like looks up at her. I'm like, I'm Love done. Three thousand. Yeah, just a, a great, great movie. Can we just can we just skip the rest of them, please? <laughs> no, see, I I do love those movies just because of the fact that it, just the time heist, the the idea of how not only with you know it's wrapping up all these films, but that they brought those films into the finale, right? That they were able that scene of Tony and his father, you know, because in Civil War, remember there was the uh, the memory altering thing where he could go back and relive a memory where he 
wishes he'd said something to his father. And in this Arf. movie, he got to say that. He got to say those things to his father and get that closure. Cap ends up with Peggy. You know, Hulk is is enlightened. I mean, Thor has new friends, even though he's lost everything. Fat Thor! Fat Thor! Fat Lebowski. That's so good. Funny, funny, funny. number three. All right, cool, cool, cool. Let's keep going here, because we're running out of time here. My number three, um, Caliber Press, Image Comics, so much history behind this movie. Um, let's talk about death. Tony was, was hard for me, um, but this one started very young and was way too soon. Uh, the death of Brandon Lee. Uh, the Crow is number three for me. Um, just a difficult, difficult, still a difficult movie for me to get through. Um, because, I mean, it's, you know, whether it's in there or not, you know when it's, uh, when it happened uh, during the shooting. And um, I'm a, I am one of those, I am a fan of the entire series of The Crow. Um, I love everything about the history of the, the, the comic and everything that goes back um, for each character that portrays the crow. Uh, the crow, the first one, and uh, probably Salvation uh, are my two favorite. Um, but the first one, it's iconic. Brandon Lee, just amazing. Oh, way too soon, way too soon. Way too soon, agreed. All right, so is it my uh, turn to go number two? My turn to go number two. Oh, your turn to go number two. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. See who's going to be overlapping here. My number two, which I, I went back and forth with, is this going to be my number one? It's, it's, it's so close. Uh, it, to me, it's a, it's a near-perfect movie. Uh, this movie would be in my top five, probably, of all-time movies uh, for me. Um, Christopher Nolan, uh, Christian Bale, and Heath Ledger, The Dark Knight, uh, is my number two. And it, it, it kind of hurts me to say that out loud. Um, it's it's just an amazing film. Um, I remember when Heath Ledger was, was when they said he was going to play the Joker. And at that time, we were sitting there going, nobody can beat Nicholson, you know? And then for us to see what he did with that character, you know, him dying aside, it's it's a great portrayal of, of, of just this character, this iconic character, and what he did and his interaction with everybody, not just Batman, but everybody he was on screen with, whether it was uh, him and Harvey in the hospital, and he takes the wig off, and he's like, hi. It's just, just so hilarious to me. And yeah, he did an amazing job. What do y'all think? Number two. The pencil trick? Can we talk yeah. about the pencil trick? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, uh, magic trick? I, I tried to, uh, I, I did a Fallout 4 series on my Paragaming Productions. I'm going to plug myself. Uh, I did a series where I played as Harley Quinn's The Joker, and I tried to, you know, mimic what Heath Ledger did in the Fallout 4 playthrough. And I think that he's just so iconic in that, like, just, you know, even when they're like, yeah, like he's crazy, he's like, no. I'm not. And like, dude, you're holding grenades and you're ready to pull 10 of them that are on you. Like, you're little nuts. I have one problem, and that's Batman doesn't use a voice modulator. All that money, and he still... Yeah. Like, you don't think he would use a voice well, modulator? It's worse than he's filmed, too. 
Yeah. Like, where are the drugs? By the Dark Knight Rises, like, what did you say? Why can't just, I understand Bane better than you? <laughs> like, just, just throw on a voice modulator. There's the one problem with Batman that I had was just like, why can't he use a voice modulator? He, that's why I like Ben Affleck's Batman because that's I feel like that's something Bruce Wayne would do. Yeah. He's just like, oh, I, I need to sound different. Fuck it, voice modulator, you know? Yeah. It's so, because yeah. he had he had Batman strength throat lozenges. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Stephanie, number two. What is your number two pick? Alrighty, number two pick. We're going back to the Marvel slash Fox cinematic universe. We are going with a movie that nearly had my wedding vows in it, and that is my crazy matches your crazy. That is 2016's Deadpool. I think this movie is literally perfect. I love the the romance. I cried so hard in this movie. I don't know if it's a theme for the movies that I like that I cry to. Why I like I like Rudy, but the fact that she's when Wade gets cancer and uh, I can't remember Marina Bachman's character uh, her name right now, but when she says, "Oh, you need to be here with your with your purse and with your dolly and with your me," and just that relationship between them, I really believed that connection. Talk about, you know, relationships in comics really meaning something to the, to the story. The relationship between Wade and, oh, I can't remember her character name now, um, how integral that was to the story. Vanessa. Vanessa, thank you, thank you very much. Wade and Vanessa, you know, the whole, the funny sex scene, the International Women's Day that everybody knows is a joke now. Um, just that whole marketing campaign for Deadpool, how brilliant that marketing campaign was. And then the film delivered on it, right? There's so many films that have great marketing campaigns because the movie is garbage. And that movie, every scene is budgeted well. Every Like the scene on the the whole action sequence on the, the highway overpass you know, that was in the test footage. And then the way you actually see that footage, it's kind of playing on the fact that the the footage was leaked and then they played into the film opening with angel of the morning and that whole title sequence and that mocking the meta-ness of the movie matching the meta-ness of the comic francis i mean just so many <laughs> things about that movie are literally perfect to me that that's my number two comic book and probably in my top five of all time because the weekend that that came out was valentine's day and it was the weekend my husband proposed to me, and we both said we watched it again the week after after we got got after we you know said yes obviously, and so it's like our our proposal movie. So that's why it's my number two movie. Your crazy matches my crazy. Is that not a great wedding vow? I I think that's appropriate. I I agree. It's a, like just it's appropriate. Yeah, yeah. I got no notes. <laughs> but there's my number two, Deadpool. All right, who's next? Jared, you're next. Uh, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Okay. Are you going to tell me you don't like Deadpool? Am I going to have to kill you? Wait. Okay. Just wait. Okay. This is one of those instances where I believe, I believe, the sequel was way better than the original. Wait. Okay. Okay. For two reasons. Three. <laughs> Domino and Cable. Okay. Can't argue with that. 
probably top five, top five Marvel people. Um, I thought the comedy was smoother. Okay. And this is why I, I like Deadpool. I do. But I felt it was forced. Okay. The, some of the comedy was like the sure. jokes were too forced. And I think some of it too is I didn't grow up a Deadpool fan. Okay. So to get the timing that Wade gave, I, I get Wade Wilson is Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. They're one and the same. I get yeah. that. I get Ryan Reynolds. Van Wilder is like one of my favorite movies. To me, Van Wilder is Ryan Reynolds. They are the same thing. Mm-hmm. They're all three interchangeable. Mm-hmm. It could have been Deadpool starring Van Wilder. <laughs> that's how, that's how, yeah. Um, but this is one of those instances where I was like, the sequel to me far exceeded the original. And here's where I'll counterpoint you. So I do like Deadpool 2, but that mm-hmm. movie feels a little messier to me than Deadpool 1. The huh? Deadpool 1 is such a pithy story. Like, mm-hmm. there's no fat on that story, I think. And because the thing I liked about Deadpool is the relationship between Wade and Vanessa. That was my favorite thing of the whole movie. And in yeah. two, she gets fridged. Like right. they call it out. They call it out that she gets fridged, but she got fridged for those that don't know fridge is you put, so, you kill somebody or you put somebody in a fridge and that's the, the impetus for the hero to go out on their journey. Right. And like in Thor of the dark world, Thor's mom gets fridged. It's a common trope of killing off usually your female character um, and then spurring the male. Not that it's a, I'm not trying to get to woke politics sort of thing. That's not what I'm trying to do there. But I was like, oh no, she's my favorite character. And now she's not there. Yes, Domino is awesome. And and Josh Brolin as Cable is super awesome. But that relationship in the first Deadpool is what I connected to so much. So that the fact that it wasn't there, it hurt. Even though at the end of Deadpool 2, it comes back around. But hey, they're both great movies. I can't I will, I will say this. I have never fought to like a movie more than Deadpool. I have seen Deadpool 2 three or four times. I've seen Deadpool 1 more than 10 times because I try so hard and gotten so far. But in the end, it doesn't really matter. Nope. Unless you actually read... Because I have, I have, uh, I think I have a couple of comics uh, of Deadpool that I, I think are really good that you should read that mm-hmm. help introduce you to it. Because in one of the comics, he's like, "All right, for the next panels, go ahead and listen into." Uh, I think it was Pantera. Oh God, I should know this song because I love it so much. But it's like turn on uh, a Pantera song, and then you read. And if you read it at a correct pace, right. which I'm a little bit slower, you'll read through the. Uh, uh, the hell five minutes in hell or something like that I, I forget what it is but like if you read the comic strips by the time the song finishes the strip finishes okay. and so you get this super meta-ness that is deadpool and you're right he does have a lot of very kind of weird timing jokes but that's yeah. because he understands that we're out there and he's in a movie and it makes it odd yeah. i know it's weird landing. Yeah, yeah. superhero. <laughs> All right, Jared, your number two pick, sir. I'm going to say the number two pick, and then we're just going to jump into my number one pick because we've already talked about number two. Okay, well, then let's do this first then. Because before we even get to everybody's number one, is there an honorable mention? Okay. 
Do you have an honorable mention? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Love it. Yeah. Okay. So then I'll go number two and then my honorable mention. Cool, 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 cool. Number two is 300. We've okay. talked about the man meat that is Gerard Butler. Love the dude. And enough said. My honorable mention, and it's just because it was such a bad movie for me that it makes it such a great movie, okay. is Ghost Rider with Nicolas Cage. Oh, yes. Yes. I yeah. could not finish the movie at all. I couldn't even put it on his back. Like, it didn't survive being put on his background music. But Nicolas Cage was so bad that I thought in that movie, I was like, yeah, go for it. It's a, like, you tried. Good job. You tried. Yeah. That movie there knows what it is. Movie. The first one knows what it is perfectly. Yeah. Stephanie, what's your honorable mention? My honorable mention, let's see, I've got a couple that I could think of. These are, I don't know if I call them honorable mentions, but these are films that I didn't realize were based on comic books. Uh, the first one is 1994's Time Cop with John claude Van Damme. That's based on a comic book movie, or, uh, based on a comic book. Yeah, it's interesting to, to know that. Another honorable mention movie I did not know was based on a comic is 1985's Weird Science. That is based on a comic book as well. Yeah. Didn't they, didn't they summon like a supermodel actress in that movie? Uh, like, yeah. Like, yeah. Kelly yeah, LeBrock. Okay. Kelly LeBrock, uh, okay. yeah. Just making sure I remember the movie from my childhood. Heck. Well, that, that movie's also fun because Bill Paxton and Robert Downey Jr. in it as bullies. So yeah. that's also a fun little, you know, Oingo Boingo is that awesome <laughs> yeah. soundtrack. Oh, man, so good. Um, when they turned Chet into a pile of shit. Oh, yeah, sure that did. was hilarious. Big pile of shit. But my real honorable mention would be uh, 2014's Snowpiercer. I think that movie is a great yes. movie. That's right. Yeah, that is that is based on a comic book and a graphic novel as well. Uh, Chris Evans, Ed Harris, John Hurt, Tilda Swinton, Octavia Spencer, an amazing cast. The whole journey yes. through the train, the whole the social commentary going on in the train. Yeah. Mwah. Great. I about that. Oh, great movie. Great movie. Uh, my honorable mention, it just popped in my head uh, when, when before we got started here, uh, Wanted. Wanted. Oh, yeah. Just, a, just a, an amazing fan. I, I became an Angelina Jolie fan because of that movie. And then that made me want to go see other things that she had done. Um, not too, too big of a fan. Huh? It wasn't Hackers that sold you on her? It was not. Uh, it was not. Um, it was wanted in Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Those are the those those two really. Um, there, I don't think there's really any other. No, gone sixty one, seconds. That's good. I was thinking the one with her and Antonio Banderas, where they're like lovers but fighting the whole time. I forget the name of that movie. Uh, yeah. A lot of sex scenes in that movie. I don't know. I could so check it out. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> I sold you on it. Sex. Yeah, you said sex. What? Mm -hmm. All right. Your number one pick, Jared. What is it? I, I've had a number one movie for a very, very long time, and then I saw this one. Oh, so this is your overall number one. This is now my favorite overall movie that I well movie series now. Okay. Um, and I'm really excited for the third installment to come out, the Kingsman series. Very nice. I I like how stupid meta it gets mm -hmm. and i mean the, the the end of it he's he's just like this ain't that kind of movie bruv and you're like yeah that's all right cool 
you know, because the entire time they're talking about like the 007s, the cheesy ass comics, and they, they keep referencing how it's that type of movie. And then it goes off and has butt sex with a princess. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, see, yeah, that was that was the only part in the movie where I'm like, uh, but then I'm like, I have to, t- I had to take a step back with that movie because when I first saw it, the whole Colin Firth scene in the church and the amazing use of of uh, is it Led Zeppelin, I think, in that, in that scene. What is it? Freebirds, Skinner. Oh, that's right, Skinner. Sorry, not not. Yeah, my bad. Sorry, musician shame. But the first time I saw that movie, I was like, oh, I, what what is this movie? But you're right. If you go back and think about the Bond mythos, right? That's the thing I hate about Bond movies too. At the end, like, why does she got to have sex with him at the end? But they're yeah. making fun of that. Like, you can have yeah. sex. That's so weird. I, I just love how I love how it wasn't it wasn't a build up to the the romantic chemistry or anything like that. It's like, oh, if you let me out, I'll let you. Yeah, I, right. I know it sounds so derogatory now. I'm wanting to say it, but like, it's just like. I mean, he's just like, okay, yeah, I'll go save the world for that. It's like, I mean, dude, you're you're pretty hot as it is, man. I think you could find that anywhere, you know. I don't know. And then the second one, the second one was just kind of a nice little extra add. I I don't know. It just it was so meta to me. It was just dope. And I just I'm a fan of the Brits. So there we go. Elton Elton John was amazing in that movie. I love Sophia, that too. Sophia Batella in the first one. Yeah. Oh man, the the lady with the blades on her feet. Sorry for Jared. He doesn't mm-hmm. know the actors' names, but I thought that's who you're referencing. Yeah, man, she's awesome. She, I thought she should have been the main villain. She was hardcore. She she was hardcore. That I wouldn't have, no. The was, main villain was Sam Jackson's lisp. Yeah, I know. And what it was ass. funny. <laughs> Well, it's funny because like he actually has a lisp. Like that was like I don't think that was him at. Well, maybe it was him acting his lisp, but he used to have one from the beginning. I was like, oh, so you brought it back, but I just I don't know. It just everyone complimented everyone. It was just a nice meta commentary, I guess is the right phrase. Awesome action. All right, Stephanie, your number one pick. All righty, so my number one pick is in DC. And it is the very first film that, not to age myself, but it's the very first film that I saw in a theater with my mom. And of course, I'm I'm Minneapolis, so I got to represent a movie that has Prince as the soundtrack. This is 1989's Batman. This movie is perfection to me. Just think about it. Yeah. the beautifulness of that Batman theme. Jack Nicholson, that performance, every time I watch that movie, his performance, I find another little shade, another little layer to how he does the Joker, the manic mania that he is in his head, the whole scene where he's spray painting artwork and, and meets Kim Basinger and just the fear, but also that he's just such a clown about it. I, man, that movie is so good every time I watch it. And of course, Michael Keaton. I mean, talk about people that were you know, derided as being cast in a role. You know, Ben Affleck was given a lot of crap when he was cast as Batman. Heath Ledger was given crap when he was cast as the Joker. People were like, Michael Keaton, Mr. Mom is going to be Batman, (laughs) right? Not to age myself again, but, and he's such a perfect brooding. He looks so good in a turtleneck. Oh my God, he's- I forgot about the turtleneck. Turtlenecks, man. He was rocking so many turtlenecks. And of course- because he is no longer with us. The Prince soundtrack, Bat Dance, this the whole parade oh, scene. With a smile. Oh, man. Yeah. 
That movie is just so freaking good. And like I said, it's the first movie I ever saw. I got to see in the theaters, thanks to my mom, who's super cool. So mine would be Batman 89. And we get to see him again in The Flash. I know. I'm so So excited excited about that. I'm going to freak out when I see him. Can't start thinking about turtlenecks now. (laughs) Just about turtlenecks. Yeah. I just want one. I just want one. Yeah. Rock a turtleneck and a chain. Amazon, order me a turtleneck. We are going to finish things up with my number one pick. Uh, another movie that is probably in my top five. Yeah. Um, it is, uh, I think my Watchmen 300 Kick-Ass Justice League Unbreakable Mask, it is my only Marvel movie uh, on this list. Um, I would put Endgame as one of my favorite movies, if not favorite movie overall. But it's like when you ask about a musician's discography. Mm-hmm. Avengers is the greatest hits to me. Sure. Incredible Hulk, Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, their movies on its own are the albums. Avenger movies are greatest hits. So you could say, sure, an Avengers movie can be a greatest hits, and that's no, no flack on you and your pick. But as a standalone movie, to no, me, this is the best Marvel movie, in my opinion, and that is Captain America Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah. Hard to argue with that. That's a great movie. Robert yeah. Redford. Robert Redford. Yeah. yeah. Uh, great is he? I, I have a, a large man crush on, Shab- on Sebastian Stan. Um, he can... He's just an just an awesome actor. Um, Anthony Mackie as Falcon. The beginning yeah. of that relationship between the two of them, uh, and then it carries over into Civil War. Even better, just the whole like even in Civil War, the can you move your seat up? Nope. <laughs> like this just just great. But yeah, going from where they went in the first in the first Avenger to the Winter Soldier, the relationship between Bucky and 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 Cap. Just just a great movie. That is my number one. Captain America, Winter Soldier. Um, great overall movie. That whole sequence of on your left. Yeah, you wouldn't have oh. Yeah, that's why that's why it made me cry in Endgame was that whole sequence from Winter Soldier, just the idea of on your left. Yeah. Right. And the fact that Sam's always gonna be on his left. I mean, something like Jared, you know, being in the military, the idea of these military guys and what it really means to have somebody's back and what Cap really has Bucky's back. And the fact that he does it again in Civil War, just, no, I believe in you, Bucky. You know, you're the only person that was there for me when I was a little tiny person, and I'm going to do that for you. Oh, man. Great choice. Yeah. And then in going into, going into, that relationship that they had in that movie, taking it in the Civil War, the whole like he was my friend, and he was like, so was I. Like the 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 conflict between Tony and, and Steve, and and with Bucky, and just uh, yeah, just a, a love hate triangle between them all. Um, yeah, very big, very nice. 
big announcement for Joe and Anthony Russo as great directors. You know, yeah, the community guys are going to do a 70s political thriller. Like, really? Nice. Man, did they deliver? They did. They did. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Thoughts on our list here? We covered a lot of different stuff from. That's fun. Finding out time cop was. <laughs> Isn't that fun to learn? I was like, are you kidding me? Really? Men in Black, yeah. The Rocketeer, The League of Extraordinary surprised. Gentlemen. Yeah, like I like because I I didn't I think it was like Tuesday night I didn't know like I was like okay I got to find out what I'm doing and I was like all right comic book movies and I was like wait what that was a comic book movie I love that all right and then my list went from like five to like thirty and I was like all right let's let's slow it down Jared let's slow it yeah. down yeah yeah that was yeah my legal pad was just like and I was like well let me rate this a five star or a four star you know it came together pretty quick though uh, but yeah. That's going to do it. Uh, that is our show, everybody. I want to thank my new team, Stephanie, Jared, I uh, should say our new team, the new SNH crew. Uh, be sure to check us out each and every Friday on YouTube, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcast. Head on over to Instagram. Uh, be sure to check us out there at SNHPOD, SNHPOD. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, but it's never updated because I really could care less about Facebook and Twitter. Well, that's why you brought a girl onto the team. So I'll take your socials. Alrighty. I, I do love my Instagram. I really do. Um, yeah. So uh, until next week, uh, I have been Dash. I have been Steph. I'm Jared in the flock. Jared right. in the flock. <laughs> <laughs> we are Shorts and Hoodies. Thank you, everybody. We will see you next week. Happy Peace. Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Cut the check.